Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, February 21st. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Big show coming up for you tonight. Chris King, the Islanders radio voice, will be joining us. Talking plenty of aisles. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well, Sean. How are you? I'm well. I guess I could be better. Okay. Uh, talking Why is from that? An, talking from an Islander fan standpoint. Oh, okay. Because they're currently... Uh, they went from an eight-game point streak... That they extended earlier in the week that we'll, we'll talk about. And now they're riding a two-game losing streak courtesy of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So with that little intro, what do you say, CA? Well, you don't want to introduce our, uh, our uh, sponsors or anything? I mean, I do. I just wanted to get a little what do you say, CA, but we can do that first. Yeah, sure. Oh, no, I just didn't. Uh, it just seemed a little off. You just seem, you seem really sad by the two losses. <laughs> So I, I thought you were out of I thought sad. you were out of rhythm, and so I just wanted to make sure you were okay. I'm actually okay. a little concerned now. I appreciate that. Are you sure you're I'm, okay? I'm I'm okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say I'm all right. I will go with what do you say, CA? <laughs> well, two tough losses, one worse than the other to the Pittsburgh Penguins, no doubt. Obviously, the four-one loss was a rough one um, on a lot of different levels. The three-four, the four-three loss the other night to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, you know, I would say that's uh, it, it was a much much. Uh, Better loss, I guess, if you want to if you want to put it that way. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. a lot more fight in the Islanders game. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no good losses. I right. a three two win, two, two, three two loss. I should say. Sorry, um, there, I don't think there's any good or bad loss, but uh, I, or I shouldn't say I don't think there's any good loss, but I, I don't think it was as bad as as um, the first one. Obviously, the Islanders were the better team for the most part. The biggest thing was they didn't hit on their opportunities, and that seems to be the common thread here in a lot of these games where the Islanders seem to play somewhat well or they do play really well mm-hmm. and they still come up on the losing ends. You see them not capitalizing on a lot of those opportunities, which we'll talk about a little later in the program. Right, for sure. And now I want to take another opportunity to remind everyone that we are sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Located at 719 West Jarko Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and fantastic service. Make sure you check them out at bluelinedeli.com for the menu. We're also sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-780043. Free months of service. Now, to continue on what you had to say, um, yeah, you know, look, I- I'm going to be saying this all, all season because it's just the truth. You can't win them all. <laughs> and, you know, look, they, but they got back to Islander hockey starting last, you know, the previous week, and they took advantage of a Buffalo Sabres team that was coming off a long break. Now, again, the, the, I guess their break didn't work out for them because <laughs> they lost two straight no, coming out of it, they right? Did not. So it, though you, it worked out for New Jersey, they've they've started to get on a roll a little bit too. Yeah, and they, and, uh, and the Rangers have turned a corner. Not that they were on a real lengthy break, but they've also kind of turned a corner. It seems right. Yeah, they're playing better hockey, and and the Devils have a lot of games to make up. The last time yes. I looked, I was tweeting about it the other yeah. day, and I'm not sure where it's at now, but I know at one point they were five games behind the Islanders. Yeah, the the stretch of what, where they're at is, I mean, it's not going to be tenable. God forbid that the, that the um, COVID numbers go back up or there's another stretch of games that teams are going to not be able to play because of COVID protocol. I don't know how you, as a league, make sure that the f- teams that are supposed to be or rightfully deserve to be in the playoffs at the end of this year make the playoffs at the end of this year uh, without possibly having to switch to winning percentage or a similar scenario with that they had to do last year as far as figuring out the playoff system. But that's well, a conversation for another day. For sure, but now that you brought it up, if you do go to the standings page over at NHL.com, they do have a co- that column still there for points percentage. I would imagine that the league said that this is something we have to keep on the back burner yep. and, and keep yep. it in no, no doubt about it. Somewhere in the realm of possibility. But as far as the Islanders go, I, I would I would say that it, it, they've been playing better hockey in that second game against Pittsburgh. It was a tough one for them, not only because... That was the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they have seemed to kind of give the Islanders fits this season and, and last in recent three in a row. history. Yeah, 
but also because that was the night that Sidney Crosby was playing in his 1000th NHL Yeah, it would have been nice to spoil that. And that was a milestone and a moment that you knew the Penguins gonna, were going to get up for. And while they did give the Islanders uh, a shot advantage of about 35 to uh, 18, and they outchanced them 61 to 41, they, uh, the Penguins hit their opportunities, though. And I think right. that will be the biggest difference in a lot of these games. The Penguins getting those opportunities, getting those scoring chances, and fully taking advantage of them. And as far as the Islanders go, we were talking about it before the show, giving up that first goal is never ideal for them. I forget what their record exactly yeah. is, but it's it's some, it's some it's a number that's when they score the first goal, they're almost unbeatable. But when they give right. up that first goal, they put themselves in a really, really tough spot. And it's it's tough to come back. As far as as being in that hole like that, and the Islanders have struggled to kind of climb back out of it. They've they've done it in games where they've climbed back out and they maybe gotten themselves a point, or maybe they've made it interesting towards the end. But they usually it's it's a tough time for them to get out of those holes when they're down one nothing, two nothing early in the game and having to climb back out. No, no, it's true. It's uh, you know, and they've they've been better previously under Barry Trotz. Even when they go down, they they. They've, they've come back in a lot of games, maybe not so much this season, but I feel like in seasons prior under Barry Trotz, they've been able to do that. They've been, Like you said, they've been struggling with that a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like this season the key for them is to definitely get out of the gate early and get that first goal. And, you know, they didn't do it uh, the first game against Pittsburgh either. You had um, that giveaway mm-hmm. that Brock Nelson committed, you know, right by the net, which ends up in the back of the net. And just like you said, you know, Pittsburgh were kind of taking advantage of these opportunities that they were granted by the Isles and they just couldn't you know kind of get out of their own way trying to come back in those games and and you know again last night was a much better showing um you know uh, you might even say they deserve deserve the win based on the play that they had but again they couldn't capitalize on their opportunities and it's just a game you know that you're gonna have over the course of a 56 or 82 game season where you outplay the other team and they just don't find the back of the net. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And, Sean, it, it's not a game to be too upset about. I know you're very sad about the game. And I can <laughs> okay. tell by the way you I'm introduced right. the show. So wow. I want to make sure you're okay. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. This is apparently Maybe. an Islanders therapy session, so you can, you can talk about <laughs> That's it. That's what we call it, anyway. <laughs> That's what we call it. Yeah, I mean, you but know. I, I do agree with you. Those types of games are going to happen. You're going to have games where you're the better team, and you still don't come out on top. I mean, how many times have we seen games that the Islanders have not been the better team, and they've won against a tougher opponent or, or, or a team that's played a better style of hockey in those 60 minutes than the Islanders did, and they still, they still came away with the win? Yeah, I'll say this. It kind of Last night's game kind of reminds me of, you know, back when the team was just more of a struggling team generally where they had a lo- they would have a lot of games where you'd look at the shots column and they would completely outshoot the other team outchance like if you just looked at the box box score you'd be like how did they lose this game and they would do it all the time but yet they they would always end up on the losing side of those games and so it was kind of a reminder of that for me thankfully it's not as not nearly as common these days <laughs> but it certainly gave me some flashbacks of that and and look it's still a testament to the fact that they're they're not finishing as much as they need to be and we saw more of it during the eight-game point streak, of course, rattling off five wins right. throughout that. And, you know, definitely looking more like themselves. But, you know, and this is probably going to be a key theme for this team, you know, when they when they struggle. I mean, look, it's, it's only two games. It's a shame they're both losses in regulation. And they, you know, it's funny, you know, anytime they, they create distance between themselves and the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's like, oh, well, why don't you come play us? We'll pull you back up for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of what's happened here. Um, you know, looking back to the first game where they where they lost in the shootout, that they were they were 18 seconds away from taking two points and Pittsburgh getting nothing. They end up giving Pittsburgh two and only taking one, and now they've given given them four more over the course of these last two games. And you know, you really you really hope when you're looking at the end of the season in May that you're not looking at these games and and it, it ends up being a, a deciding factor between where the Islanders and, and Penguins fall in the standings. Yeah, I mean, that's always the concern, and I think that's especially concerning now, considering how tight the the, the playoff race is and how it's tight it's going to be. I mean, just think about it. You know, you talk, we're talking about a show a week or two ago when the Islanders were down in the basement, and now they're up top in, you know, the top four, you know, tied with a ton of teams. So yeah. the fact that the standings can change in the drop of a hat, basically, yeah. means that these games will always be something. And that's why Barry Trotz talking about it, heading into it. You know, this is a four-point game. Everyone understands yeah. how important it is. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people really understood the concept of a four point three point game until this year because they're really you know coaches talked about it in years past and players talked about it but I feel like this year more so than any other it's more pronounced that the meaning of a four point a three point game well, really set really 
it, it, that's a thing now. Literally every game this season is a four-point yeah. game because you're only playing in division. Right. So there's no throwaway games against the Oilers, you know, in the middle of November, you know, where, you know, you play, for, you know, let's say you're in a situation where you're, you know, you, you approach these games differently. You play for the tie, right? You play, you play for that, uh, that point to get out of regulation and then maybe wait for the shootout to, to sneak the second point away or something like that. But you can't have that mentality in any of these games because any point that you don't get, you're given directly to a, a competitor in your division. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes it so tough. That's what makes these losses tougher to swallow, I guess, if you're an Islander fan or, Absolutely. or a player. Because those are points that you need and you need it bad. And, yeah. um, you know, it could, could be the separation of a playoff spot or, or not, especially at the end of this year. So... We will certainly see what happens. I think the, the interesting thing from all, from all this, too, was, uh, I guess, some of the reaction from the fan base and, and the players after the first game against Pittsburgh when you had the hit on Matthew Barzal. The physicality and the kind of bad blood that started to brew at the end of that game, especially after the Matthew Barzal hit, or the hit on Matthew Barzal, I should say, from Mike Matheson. Because that certainly raised a lot, a lot of eyebrows around here. I think that obviously did not sit well with the Islanders in the first couple hours after the game i think yeah. you saw the the tone come down a, a lot <laughs> after that because yeah. um obviously some guys were not thrilled about it and, and honestly in those post-game press conferences it wasn't those they were spitting mad about the hit on barzo but certainly it uh didn't sit well with them but they did try and tone things down a little bit afterwards because the focus once you got to saturday was all right we need those like we we're talking about we this is a four-point game we need the points. We obviously don't like the Penguins. There's, you know, some, there's a rivalry there. Blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day, the four points uh, that you're going to take in this game, the theoretical four points that you're going to take in this game, mean a lot more than exacting any sort of revenge on a hit that even Matthew Barzell himself said was more or less on him as well as I was, was going to say. Madison. I got to give Barzell some credit there. You know, he took some responsibility for that hit, which is yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Listen, I, I never played the game, so I, you know, I can't fully say I, I, uh, that this is, is in fairness, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know if I agree that was, the onus was on, on Barzal. I think mm-hmm. Matheson saw where he was, and you know, he was trying to hit him. I don't think it was a dirt, intended to be a dirty play or mm-hmm. intended to hurt anyone. Yeah. I think he just went for a hit and then realized, oh, crap, you know, I'm in, this is a bad spot, and you know, kind of got him in the numbers there, and Barzal went flying into, headfirst into the boards. Yeah, not not you don't want anybody doing that, but definitely not Matt Barzell. No, no, <laughs> that's that's a scary situation. Uh, of all the guys, yeah. Matthew Barzell is not the one that you want. Yeah. Uh, at that least happening. At to. least he ended up all right. Yes, but and, with that, oh, go ahead. You had a thought. Oh no, I was just gonna. But and, and like I said, and that you know, you saw Barzell kind of take responsibility. And I think that also kind of toned down the rhetoric a little bit that uh, right. you know people were trying to trying to get into. Indeed. Well. With that, Christian, we got a break for Chris yeah. King, the Islanders radio play-by-play voice. I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night and why we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will talk to Chris King. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at TaiTechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, Technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes.
did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching Hockey Night in New York on twitch.tv slash hockey night. And why? Thank you so much for joining us. And joining us on the line right now, brought to you by Thai Technology, is Mr. Chris King. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on. We were just talking about at the top of the show here how the Islanders, uh, a little bit of an unbalanced week here. Two, two, uh, two wins to start off against Buffalo and then two losses against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so maybe you could just start talking about that and how they, uh, how they performed this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's pretty much what you said, right? Uh, it looked good in the two performances in Buffalo, especially the goaltending, you know, with Varley in the, the 3-1 game and obviously Sorokin in uh, the 3-0 game getting his first win in the shutout. And then, uh, you know, I thought they played good for half the game, the first one in Pittsburgh on Thursday night, and, and really not the second half. And then, you know, last night, uh, my partner Greg Picker and I talked about it. I, I think it was the best they played in a loss all year. I mean, they outshot the Penguins 16-4 to in the opening period. They outshot them by a 2-1 to margin for the entire game. Uh, you know, had all kinds of chances. They were down, they were up, they were down. And, uh, you know, it's just a shame they didn't get any point out of it. And that's pretty much what Barry Trott said afterwards. I felt, he said, I felt like we should have got one point and maybe even two. So, you know, certainly tough to, to start the road trip 2-0 and and end it 2-2. and but the bright side is, you know, I look at last night, you know, they reunited the top two lines. They really were flying both lines. Um, so they got that right finally, it looks like. Uh, and they're coming home to play four straight and nine of the next ten at the Coliseum where they've been terrific all year. They're 4-0 and 1 at home. So this to me is the, is the spot, guys, where they have to make that move and try to separate themselves from that incredible pack right now that's uh, near the top of the East right. Division. Talking with uh, New York Islanders radio voice Chris King here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Kinger, always good to chat with you. I want to go back to the thing you mentioned about the uh, the reuni- reunification of the top two lines there. Um, obviously, it's kind of been a carousel with a lot of these lines, especially the third line for the New York Islanders. But as far as the top two lines go, what do you think was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back? I guess you could say that Barry said, all right, let's put these guys back together and give them another shot here. Yeah, I don't know if I would look at it that way, Christian, as, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I think the impetus to break it up to begin with Mm -hmm. was Nelson and Bailey both getting off to very slow starts, right? So he separates those two guys. Suddenly, you know, Bailey goes up to the top line, and now he piles up the five assists in a three-game span, and Brock starts scoring like mad. He's got, I think, three goals in the last four games now. So he kind of got both of those guys going, said, okay, now let's put them back to where, you know, they had all that success in the playoffs, especially that second line. I mean, in the playoffs, the second line was better than the first. I mean, that's a fact. You know, the Bowen and Brock both had nine goals, and Bailey, you know, led all scores and points in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that really was the best line in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think the other part of that, Christian, too, is now Bo is back. You know, he missed those nine games with a lower body injury. They tried to find someone on the left side that was a fit there. It just wasn't happening. So it was a good time to break it up when Bo was away. But now, you know, Bo looks like he has his legs under him, had an assist last night. Bailey's going, Nelson's going, let's put that trio back together, knowing what they did in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And obviously the top line is always going to be the top line. And they were dominant last night, almost every single shift, Barzell between Lee and Everly. So uh, if you can get those top two lines going, it could go a long way to finding that consistency that they've been lacking. You know, they they start the year strong, then they go into the big slide, then they go on the big point streak, and now the, the, the two wins and two losses. So they just haven't been able to find that consistency but now's the time to do it with nine of the next ten on Coliseum Ice. You mentioned Anthony Beauvillier. Certainly, I would say last night's game was his best of the first two that he's been back in, or first three, I believe. Yeah. Uh, first three he's been back in. How, how has that progression been in your eyes to see him uh, re- return and kind of get back into that shape and then that place that we expect him to be playing in? I think that's the key point, Christian. you got to get him back in shape, right? Because, you know, obviously he got off to a slow start. I think he had an assist opening night and then nothing after that. Then goes down for those nine games. It looked like an innocent little play at center ice where, you know, he went down under another player. But nine games later, uh, you know, he's still not back. So now you get him a couple under his belt. I agree with you. I thought he was absolutely flying last night. And you know that he loves to play with Brock and Bales. So um, they just love the speed on that line. You know, Brock's a great finisher. 
Bailey might be the smartest player on the ice. He sees the ice so well, and the speed of Anthony Beauvillier is just a perfect complement for that line. And we know the history of Bo is, is he's, he reminds me so much of Eberly in that regard, and that they're both incredibly streaky. So yeah. when they're not scoring, they're not scoring at all. When they are scoring, you know, you can't prevent them from lighting the lamp. So it just, right. I think, a matter of getting that first one, you know, Bo still hasn't scored. He's played eight games. He hasn't scored a goal yet. I think he just has two assists in the eight games. So you got to get him going as far as goal-wise is concerned. And now with Bailey finally picking up the assist, Nelson using that wicked shot to find the back of the net, uh, it could be a return to playoff form. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they definitely need to get some of that secondary scoring going so that they don't have more games like last night where even if when they outplay the competition, it's just not finding the back of the net for them. Um, another gentleman I want to talk about finally got his first win by way of a shutout <laughs> on Tuesday night against the Buffalo Sabres. I, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about Ilya Sorokin. He's not getting too much action because Varley's playing so well, but maybe you could talk about what you've seen out of Sorokin so far, and, and have, you, have you gotten a glimpse of that promise that's been hyped up over this guy since he came over? Yeah, I think so, Sean, especially the last two games. And I mean, you know, when you break it down, nobody wants to start the way he started. You know, Madison Square Garden, Varley takes the shot from Clutterbuck in the jaw and warm-ups he's thrown in. And, uh, you know, uh, it's so funny because he had kind of given that interview uh, just prior to the start of the season where he said, I hate Manhattan. It's too busy. I don't like it at all. I like Peace. I like Jones Beach. I like Long Island. And, of course, where's his first start at Madison Square Garden? So right. he had no chance in that game. I thought he was better in you know, what was scheduled to be his first start in New Jersey, but still suffered the loss. Then we really started to see some, started to see some of those highlight reel saves in the overtime loss he played in Philadelphia. Uh, the glove save on Voracek was the one that was shown over and over and over again the next day. And then in his first win in Buffalo, he had, you know, an incredible save in all three periods. The Taylor Hall breakaway, the glove save on Olofsson. Um, and I can't remember the third, but there was like three highlight reel saves in the same game. Obviously, the video review helped to get him the shutout, which he right. said was his favorite part of his first <laughs> win in the National Hockey League. But, you know, I'd like to see more of him, Sean. I really would, because if yeah. you look at how they've used him, he wasn't supposed to play in the garden, had to. In that situation, mm -hmm. his scheduled first game in New Jersey, all right, that was scheduled for him for a long time. Mm -hmm. But since then, he's only played the second night of back-to-backs twice. That's it. So are you telling me now he's going to sit till next weekend when, you know, Pittsburgh's into the Coliseum right. Saturday? And that's a possibility. I would like to see him get in there tomorrow night. Why not put him against the Sabres tomorrow night, the team that he shut out, and don't just restrict him right now to the second end or the first end of a back-to-back -back situation. Talking with Chris King here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And, and Kinger, um, one question I do have kind of related to Sorokin. There's obviously been a lot of roster maneuvering, and maybe you could explain this a little bit to us and, and to some of our, our viewers who don't necessarily understand how this, this whole thing works considering the circumstances this year. But Sorokin's now on the taxi squad after bringing Bellos and Wallstrom off of the taxi squad. I guess there's always been a little bit some, of some confusion as to why the roster maneuvering has to go the way it does maybe you could explain that a little bit for us so that people have a better idea of why why Sorokin is going on the taxi squad after having a shutout against Buffalo yeah it confuses me a lot too Christian. <laughs> I, it certainly does but I, I think it's twofold part of it is you know it's just finances at some point there's a certain amount of money you can certainly save by shifting guys to the taxi squad taking them off the active roster the other thing I think is just you know that mental break of like don't let him even dress as the backup let's Corey Schneider get in there and dress as the backup put him on the bench, just a complete mental break, so that when you do use him next time, hey, was he you know, mentally in that game or was he sitting in the press box and, and being able to take that mental break from the game? So uh, we've seen that shuffling with every team. Every single team does it. You look at the, the transactions every day, to and from the taxi squad. I'm sure if you break down the dollars, uh, you know, the number crunches are the guys who have the good reason to say, hey, we can save X amount of dollars by shifting so-and-so to the taxi squad for this day and then bringing them back. And, and again, the second half of that to me is just mental break. And, Kinger, you mentioned the Islanders are coming back to Nassau Coliseum. They played very well on home ice. And while this year, at least as of now, there are still no fans in the building, the Islanders have found that home ice success. Is there a reason in your mind why the Islanders are still playing? Well, obviously, Nassau Coliseum is always touted as a, as a building that the fans really bring alive and they make it a hard place to. But with nobody in the building, what do you think is making it so successful for them to still play there without anybody, without anybody watching? It's an interesting question, right, Christian? Because uh, Greg and I were talking about on the air last night. The Penguins are seven and one at home, right? Yeah. They had no fans in the building. The Islanders mm. are four zero oh, and one at mm. home with no fans in the building. And you know, just doing some research today, Carolina is the only other team in the league 
you know, that hasn't lost in regulation on home ice. So wow. the Islanders have been one of the best home ice teams in the league. But without any fans, how do you put your finger on it other than just that comfort factor of, you know, being in your own building, your own surroundings, your own home? Uh, I can't think of anything else because there is no other <laughs> advantage if, you know, if you don't have fans in the building. Every sheet is 200 by 85 these days, right? right. So uh, it's tough to put a finger on, but certainly the numbers bear it out when, uh, you know, the Islanders have, you know, haven't lost a single game at home in regulation in the five and have really struggled on the road. And the Penguins are exactly the same way. So, yeah, I, I couldn't pinpoint what it is other than the comforts of being at home. Last change is obviously something to, uh, you know, you can get those matchups that you want. But Barry doesn't always, you know, fight to get those matchups uh, on home ice. But that, that has to be a small factor as well. But that's about the only two things I can come up with. And Kinger, obviously, uh, if there's any guy that we will we be talking to who's going to have the inside scoop about this, or any might have the inside scoop, Kinger, obviously the, the state says that fans can come back to the building uh, this week. You know, Barclays Center, Nassau, uh, uh, the New York Rangers, Madison Square Garden, Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, all of them. Is there any update as far as you've heard or, or know of that when the Islanders are going to start allowing fans back into the Nassau Coliseum? Because they've still been one of the few teams that have not really uh, put out a hard confirmed date yet. Yeah, no confirmed date at all, Christian. And again, I know you were on the conference call with Lou Lamarillo when he said, look, safety is our top concern. Yeah. So they're not going to do anything until it can be completely safe. But I think the thing that most you know fans don't realize is this is not the same situation as anybody else's arena because – the other 30 arenas in the National Hockey League were not shuttered during the offseason. <laughs> right. So Nassau Coliseum was shut down. It was shuttered. So it's not just a turnkey situation where you mm. can, you know, turn the switch back on and suddenly everybody comes back in that building. So, you know, it's trying to bring back all the people who, mm. you know, were working there or new staff that have to come in. You're talking about concessions. You're talking about security. You're talking about, you know, just the physical aspect of where you're going to put these fans. As you've been there, Christian, mm. you know where we are now, the yeah. media are on the concourse or taking up the entire concourse essentially from one end to the other is the media because the press box is used for a different reason now where we don't have access to that. Obviously, the arena floor, nobody has access to that. So there is so much logistics that goes into it. But again, the overriding factor that and no other building has to deal with is the fact that it was closed down and shuttered in the offseason. For sure. And, and Chris, we actually have a, a question from one of our uh, viewers live right now. A good question to that. He says, yourself and Greg Picker, you do such a great job during, during the broadcast. In relation to not having fans being in the building, how are you still able to generate the same energy calling the games without having that big fan atmosphere there? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know what? But I, I love the game. And, and you know what? The Coliseum, it's not a problem at all because to me, I'm at the game. I'm live. And you know what? They're still pumping in the sounds of the game. It sounds crazy, but you know, that synthetic crowd noise, they're not just pumping that into our broadcast. They're pumping that through the PA system in the building. Uh, okay. So the players are hearing you know, that crowd noise. I'm hearing that crowd noise. And even though I can't see it, I can still hear it, and especially in headphones, it's amplified. So um, it's a little harder when we're in the studio, which we offer <laughs> for most road games. But yet I give the NHL a lot of credit for, like, amping up the sound of the sticks, the pucks, the, the whistles, you know, the crowd, the horn noise. And the perfect example is the Coliseum. You know, when a goal is scored, you're hearing that same normal sequence that follows any Islander goal at a home game when the fans are there, including the yes, yes, yes. So it goes <laughs> through that of you know goal music all the way up to the yes 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 and now you hear that yes 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 as well so i try to just you know focus on what i'm hearing rather than what i'm not seeing and hopefully soon there'll be fans in the building so that i can see them as well as hear you know that synthetic crowd that replicates what the real crowd would be doing if they were in the building Right on, right on. And um, it's become a bit of a, a theme of this show lately where Chris and I have been talking about Barry Trotz. Uh, you know, you talk about shuffling the team around a little bit, how he's shown a little more trust in the young guys on this team. You, you saw Kiefer Bellows getting into some games at the beginning of the season. Uh, we've been seeing Oliver Wallstrom getting in some games now. And, of course, Noah Dobson has really been let loose here. But uh, with, with Wallstrom being in there more recently, and I saw a lot of people having good things to say about him in the game last night, maybe you could just speak on how Wallstrom's looked to you and, and maybe just the kids at large. Yeah, I think Wallstrom's best game was last night, Sean, no doubt about it. I mean, he stood out because he was that good. He had two grade-A scoring chances where, you know, Jari made terrific saves on him. And, and then I think the one thing more than anything else, it was about 20 seconds to go in the game. First of all, he's out there. You know, down a goal with 20 seconds to go. He's on his own goal yeah. line with 20 seconds to go. And he starts saying, I'm not going to say Bobby Bourne-like, but, you know, <laughs> 
where here he is, you know, this 20-year-old youngest kid on the team decides, I'm going to take it end-to-end because we need to get it down the other end and try to tie this game. So that showed me something in his confidence. You know, he's got an incredible release, just a wicked release. They've just got to find a way to get it to him to use that release and use that wicked shot. And I think once, you know, a next goal comes, obviously he scored in the first goal of his season debut this year. He hasn't scored since. But I think if you can get him a couple more goals – that confidence is going to come. Barry was giving him time on the power play. That certainly can help. Playing with J.G. Pajot, you know, a terrific center who's been yeah. on fire goal-wise is going to help. And, you know, the guy on the other side is is one of those young guys who, you know, maybe you're going to mix around. We've seen Michael Dal Cole there. We've seen Kiefer Bellows there. Um, and Leo Komarov was back there last night. So they still haven't quite figured out that third line, which, you know, really was the lone question mark coming into the season. Let's face it, 10 forwards were set. Pajot's your third-line center. Who's on his wing each side was the question mark coming into the season, and we haven't solved it yet, but I think little by little Oliver Wallstrom is kind of you know settling into that 11th forward, if you will. And, Christian, you remember when Barry told us he'd like to have three and two-thirds lines yes. set, right? maybe only one guy that he'd worry about shuffling in and out every night. Well, I think Oliver's starting to lock up that number 11 position, if you will, and then who's the 12th forward, uh, a battle between the young guys, Certainly in Bellows, who had a, had a really tough defensive game uh, Thursday night in Pittsburgh and did not stay in the lineup last night. Uh, Michael Dow Cole, who's had you know a good game against the Penguins earlier this year, a two-assist game playing up on that second line when Bo was out. And then the old reliable is Leo Komarov, who you know what you're going to get from him, the grit, the penalty-killing ability in particular. Uh, certainly a, a reason he gets back in the lineup. So they have to decide between Leo or the two kids on the left, but... I agree with you, Sean. I think Oliver Wallstrom has solidified his position, uh, especially coming off what I thought was his best game of the year last night. On the line with us is Islanders radio voice Chris King. As always, the segment is brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And King, your answer almost leads us right into what my next question was going to be. And obviously, Michael Dow Cole uh, suffering, suffering a little bit of an injury in that Buffalo Sabres win uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, not playing over the weekend, but... Uh, when he is able to be back, this is a tough decision now because Michael Dow Cole was playing outstanding for the New York Islanders. And really, almost, Sean and I were talking about it last week, having a rebirth as far as his Islander career goes. How tougher of a decision is this now between a Leo Komarov and a Michael Dow Cole? And obviously, Bellas had a, a rough game, as you said. But how much tougher now is this this decision for Barry Trott to kind of find those two guys that you're going to slot in and out of the lineup, even, even with Dow Cole having so much success as, as of late? It is, and that's what you want it to be, right, Christian? You want it to be a hard decision for Barry Trotz. But I agree with you. I think if uh, if DC or MDC, as they call him, is healthy, then he's the guy. I think he's going to be in there ahead of Leo. But, you know, we don't know the extent of that injury now, so we'll see. Islanders play tomorrow, then they have two days off, and, you know, they have the Bruins coming in mm-hmm. on Thursday night. So maybe you give him one more game off to buy some time to get him ready for Thursday night. But I think if he's healthy, he goes in. Although, again, I like what Comrade brings. We talked about that. We saw, I think, the best of Michael Dow Cole when he had that two-assist game. He was being physical. He was throwing the body around. He had some good scoring chances. Um, you know, he's the guy I think they'd like to be that that 12th forward. Uh, again, to kind of put the youth on both sides of J.G. Pajot and, and at least say, hey, we've got some young guys in there. And, Sean, you mentioned Noah Dobson, who's done a great job on the back end. So, you know, you don't want to be... Uh, you know, all veterans, you want to have kids. Uh, and, you know, certainly Lou Lamorello has talked about moving along young players slowly, not trying to rush young players. So you have to have patience with those players. And the Islanders have certainly been nothing if not patient with Michael Dow Cole over the last couple of years. Um, you know, and, and they'd like to see him finally become an NHL regular, which he pretty much was for most of last year. But this year now with the injury, it's tough to say if he can get that spot back. I think it's his to lose, though, if he gets healthy and gets back in the lineup. And Kinger, obviously, Islanders have four games at home this week. Uh, a pretty tough schedule out, uh, after they play Buffalo. They have Boston, like you mentioned, on Thursday, and then two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. What are you expecting out of the Islanders this week? And do you have a prediction of what their uh, their record's <laughs> going to look like on Sunday night? Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, we <laughs> in the four games. Well, you know, I look at it this way: they're two and zero against Buffalo. They're two and zero against Boston, which is like shocking. Yes. So. Uh, hopefully they can handle the Sabres. The Bruins have been on a bit of a slide now. Uh, it was funny because uh, at one point the Bruins were 10-2-2, and those two regulation losses were both to the Islanders. But I know they've lost back-to-back games. They're playing right now out in Tahoe. Uh, I think Pasternak scored, and they had the early lead. So if they don't win that one, it would be three straight losses. And the Bruins don't play until Thursday coming off the Tahoe game tonight against the Flyers out in Nevada. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond with all that time off and the flight coming back. 
And then the Penguins have been the one team that, you know, the Islanders haven't been able to solve right now. They beat them the first game of the year. And then they had that tough one at the Coliseum where, you know, Malkin scores with 18 seconds to go with an empty net and extra attacker to tie it. They lose that one in the shootout. And then they lose the two in the Steel City uh, Thursday and Saturday night. So um, I, li- I like the fact that they've been so good at home. I think they would settle right now, Christian, for six out of the eight points, which okay. I don't think is, is out of the possibility. But I think that would be a good target. If you can, you know, win three of the four, then they have one game in New Jersey and then come back home for another, uh, what is it? I believe it's another six straight on Coliseum Ice. Yeah, six straight after that. So, um, boy, a four-game homestand, one in New Jersey, and, and a five-game homestand actually is what it is after that because it's nine out of ten overall. So, wow, you know, they could really set themselves up nicely if they can pick off six of the eight points. And, and what's a tough week, as you said, when you're throwing in the Bruins and the Penguins, especially Pittsburgh back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday, and Sunday even the early start. I think it's a 5 o'clock coming off yep. a 7 on Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris King, the New York Islanders radio voice. You can hear him on the Islanders radio network, which uh, is, of course, ESPN radio here in New York, 1050 and 98.7 FM. That's on right. certain games, 88.7 WRHU and 103.9 uh, LI News Radio. If I think I remember that all correctly. <laughs> you got it. Uh, oh, that's a hat trick. That's a hat trick. <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> Kinger, we appreciate the time. As always, great insight and uh, always happy to have you on the show, man. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Great talking hockey with you. Have Same a good to you, night. Chris. Take care. Thanks a lot. Chris King from the New York Islanders Radio Network. Great stuff, as always. Very insightful uh, stuff from him, and uh, we always appreciate his time when we can get him on the show. Yeah, no question. Always a pleasure to have him. Uh, and, you know, he, he's always, you know, right on the money. He always comes prepared. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. like, you know, neither one of us knew that there was a five-game homestand coming up after the, the, oh, no, the next I did. one I coming looked. up. No, I I've researched. Don't lie. I've researched. <laughs> I came prepared today. I don't know why you're trying to throw us under wow. the bus like that. Wow. I guess why are you trying to make us look bad? Dude. It's going to happen with you sitting here no matter what. Wow. So, I mean, that's just that's the way mean. things go. Right. That's mean, but okay, whatever. But oh. yeah, Kinger's right. <laughs> Four-game homestand followed by a five-game homestand after a trip to the New Jersey. Not just the New Jersey. The, the, the New, New Jersey? Jersey. I was okay. going to say the rock in to New the Jersey. swamplands to the swamp. I was going to say there was something I was going to say in front of New Jersey, and I just didn't. It didn't come out in time, so I just said the New Jersey. So there you go, making us look bad again. Um, but <laughs> as Kinger mentioned, nine of ten at the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, up big here. opportunity. Two against the Pittsburgh Penguins next weekend. Obviously, we will be adjusting our show time uh, with the Sunday game at five o'clock. Yes, and stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. But mm-hmm. very important games coming up. Buffalo, obviously, another chance for them to get uh, two points. Boston, who they've absolutely had their number which is shocking this season considering yeah that was the team that we well, talked a lot about i talked a lot about in fairness um that, also in I said, fairness there's six more to go against those guys i know but what i was getting <laughs> at but, but but let's think about it for a second though if there was a team sure. in, in the islanders division in this new division that you said all right this is going to be this is going to be a team that's going to have the islanders number all season you would have said the boston bruins would you not have would you I would, not have put, I, I, put them I in that will, category? I will agree with you that it would have been the Bruins. Yes. So then it is It is really surprising then the fact that they are the team that the Islanders have had the better of this this first uh, couple games here against Boston. I mean, yeah. those have, And that was in the midst of a very good stretch for the Boston Bruins where yeah. they were beating everybody. And the only team they couldn't beat, the New York Islanders. Well, again, Christian, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, you, you, you're riding a good wave. You're, you're winning a lot of games. You're... Bucking in points and whatnot, and then all of a sudden, you you just hit the wrong team, and the the wheels fall off a little bit, you know. Absolutely, and the and Islanders I, were that team, and the Islanders were that team. But it's very, <laughs> but how often is are the Islanders that team? I mean, like you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, and and that's a team. Maybe you thought, all right, the Islanders, you know, it's a, it's an aging Penguins team. They're kind of yeah, in the middle of this whole I, transition period. They they would be the team, maybe in the East, where you're like, all right, if there's one team that's gonna we're gonna surprise, the Islanders are gonna surprise against, it's gonna be the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll, I'll say this. I certainly didn't see them dropping three out of the first four against them. No. I mean, no. I thought, the, I thought, like you said, I mean, they're, they're an aging team. I don't think they're as, as tough and out as they had been previously. I think they're, they're on the downswing. Yes, they still have Sidney Crosby. They still have Malcolm. They still have Latang. They still have some very, very good players, granted getting a little older. But I just don't look as, at the Pittsburgh Penguins as the same threat as they used to be. And here the, here the Islanders are struggling to, to get you know, points out of this team. And maybe that's maybe that's a peril of, of looking at a team and going, all right, maybe they're on the downswing. Well, 
the Penguins are still a threatening team, and they still capitalize yeah. on their Well, I'm not saying the Islanders are thinking that way. I mean, no, I, no, I can I, sit back yeah. as, a, as, a, as an onlooker and say that, but and I, I, I don't, they come prepared. I'm not saying I'm not saying you're saying the Islanders are thinking that. Yeah, yeah. That's very obviously your your lack of knowledge on the sport, so you're counting out the Penguins like that. But mm. uh, Wow. Okay. <laughs> So, see, you're swinging back at me. That's fine, yeah. man. It's good. It's give and take. That's what happens. It's give and take. Nice, nicely done. Kudos to you. <laughs> Kudos to you. But I, I think it is. it <laughs> continues to be a mistake. And I, I think there are years I've done the same thing with Pittsburgh or other teams when you go, ah, you know, that's the Penguins. Like, you know, they're getting older. They're, they've traded this guy away, that guy away. Mm-hmm, you know, this guy's mm-hmm. clearly going over the hill. And, and they still surprise you. I think the Penguins are that team sort of like the 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 – Tom Brady's of, of, of hockey, I guess you mm-hmm. could almost say, where you can look at them and go, you know, this has got to be the year they, they fall off, and then they right. go and win a Super Bowl, in, in Tom yeah. Brady's case. In, in the Penguins' case, they always compete is where, is where I was going with yeah, that. Yeah. you do know who Tom Brady is, right? I, I do. Okay. I can confirm that. He's, he's the, uh, the baseball player, right? <sighs> right? He, he, he's, he's a pitcher? No, he's not. Oh, okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah, look – this is just how, how the hockey season goes sometimes. You, you, may, you may look at a team and say, oh, okay, that's going to be an easy two points, and then they, you end up struggling against them. And then you look at another team like the Boston Bruins and you say, all right, wouldn't be surprised if they go down in that one, and then they end up getting four out of four points so far. Again, talk to me after they play them six more times. Right. I mean, I think it's, but it's still, a great way to start it's against still them. A shocking, it's still a shocking sort of uh, situation nonetheless that – of all the teams, that Boston, I think, would have been the one that would have you'd be like, all right, these guys are going to come in here and, and maybe roll them, you know, six out of eight times, and maybe there'll be a couple of close games. But that's a team that's going to be tough to play against. And the Islanders, it's been they've been tough playoff like games. You this, the Islanders have won. Nobody played good hockey. Yeah, and nobody's going to want that number four spot if Boston does end up winning the division. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's that's the last place I want the Islanders to be. You know, starting off the playoffs. I mean, granted, you're going to have to go through them. You know. Either way, right? I mean, they oh, got course. lucky a little bit last year where Tampa Bay took care of that problem for them. <laughs> uh, and But they ended up not being able to get through Tampa. But but look, I mean, Boston, like we said, going into the season, they're the, they're the class of the, of the division. They'll probably end up number one, although it's still pretty close. Anything can happen. Yeah. But that would be my expectation, you know. I think, you, you know, you might see the Islanders falling somewhere in that 2-3 spot where they're probably going to end up duking it out against Philadelphia or Washington if they get their act together. Or I guess, you know, obviously Pittsburgh's in the mix too because the Islanders still giving the po- give them points. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with King or do you think the Islanders take six of eight going through this week? I mean, this is, this is a tough week after Buffalo. And, and you know, you don't want to even, even want to count out Buffalo who – you know, somehow if they put together well, the a couple wins. The good thing about Buffalo, as far as the Islanders go, is that's the team you do look at and say, okay, that's two points you got to take. And they've so yeah. far taken care of business. I mean, the fact that they were able to bounce them back to back after the Sabres coming off a break. Because remember, we said the break benefited the Islanders. So, you know, we'll say that, you know, hey, Buffalo had a chance to get their act together. Yeah. You know, they, they were ready to play some hockey. And the Islanders still said, no, <laughs> we're, taking those, <laughs> we're taking these four points. Thank you very much. So, yeah, it's a team you got to beat. So, yeah, I think that's two points you got to look at, you know, with this up, upcoming week. And, yeah. and I just – I don't see them losing again to the Penguins. I just – they they've deserved more points out of the out of the games they've gotten so far. I mean, again, I keep going back to that one game, the 18 second game. That was a heartbreaker. They should have had the win in that mm-hmm. game. You know, last night again, one of the best games that they played, and they still end up not only losing but also on regulation. I just don't see this becoming a trend with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, they still have four more games. They they could still actually win the season series, even though they've <laughs> dropped three or four right now. But just to play devil's advocate in this situation, then uh, the old saying always goes: good teams. Find ways to win games. Even absolutely. Like, how is it then that you have you know again how, you have these two these couple games there where the Islanders are clearly the better team, and yet the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are historically a, you know a very storied franchise, especially in the last couple decades with Sidney Crosby on the lineup, that they're finding ways to win. How is it the Islanders are not finding ways to win in these situations where they're the better team and they should be? Yeah, look, I think a lot of that stuff balances out over the course of, of a long season because no matter how good your team is, you're going you're gonna to have losses like that. You're going to lose to teams you're not supposed to lose to. Right. You're going to lose to the Buffaloes and the Ottawas. Look what Ottawa did to Toronto. What was that, last week? They were down 5-1. I think they came back and won 6-5. They had no business doing that, but they did. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see it happen to nobody better than the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, 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 but the point is, is that that's, that's just how it goes. And, and, and you're going to sit there baffled and say, how does that happen? But it just does. That's hockey. That's hockey. You know, like, now granted, maybe I'm, I'm speaking a little bit out of my element because I don't really follow any other sports these days anymore. That but sounds about right. Right. 
But, you know, I feel like when you, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but you can look at maybe leagues like the NBA and you look at certain teams and you just know that they're going to win night in, night out for the most part. Or, or, you know, if they have a certain guy in there, look at Tom, look, look, look at what Tom Brady did for, for the Bucks, right? Is that, did you come back to Tom Brady because it's the only player outside of hockey you could think of? <laughs> no, but the point is, you know, the, the most important position in that game, right, quarterback, they have the best guy in the game come to that team, and then all of a sudden they win a Super Bowl. Were they even going to well, come close to winning a Super Bowl was, before he I came think, to that team? I think it's a little more nuanced than that. I think it's Tom Brady plus, I mean, you know, we're getting way away from the hockey talk, but in that situation, it's Tom Brady plus you had a lot of good coaches on the staff that knew what they were doing and could get the best out of him, plus good receivers around him, a good you know offensive line. Uh, I mean, you look at, again, the Super Bowl, you look at Patrick Mahomes, he didn't have a lot of his offensive line in front of him. He was getting crushed. So I don't necessarily know if that analogy works well, well enough for where you're the going The point with this. that I'm essentially trying to make is that... You want Tom Brady on the Islanders. <laughs> yes, yes. Put him on the third line wing please no the point i'm trying to make actually that'd be interesting i'd like to see him be the <laughs> I don't even, you don't even know if the guy can skate yeah, probably, hey, have him can. have him power play the quarterback or quarterback the power play i totally messed that up <sighs> that was that was miserable <laughs> i apologize to everyone out there so again getting back to the point that i was trying to make is that hockey is such a tougher game in the sense that to 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 you know, to be guaranteed victories, to win games, right? You can bring you can bring a star like Panarin to a team like the Rangers, and they still still struggle because I just feel like it's more of a team element with hockey. It's more of a team game. You you, you know, you have what twelve forwards, six defensemen, and a goaltender, right? You got a bunch of guys out there, and it's not just going to be one guy. Whether it's Tom Brady or LeBron James or whatever the case may be, where all of a sudden your win total is going to go up significantly because you're bringing a star, and that's why you see you know, some of the top teams in this league still losing to some of the bottom feeders because that's hockey. Most games, nine, ten, nine out of ten games are close. They're decided by a goal or two, right? Right. And, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way, even if, like last night, the Islanders were the better team and had the better performance and still didn't get the result. I do like that the fact that I posed that little question to you turn into somehow we got into football and basketball and Tom Brady and <laughs> trying to explain Stuff to you I know nothing why about. the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl other than the fact that they had Tom Brady. This is what happens here on Hockey Night in New York. I was, I was very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Sean, I don't know if you actually answered my original question, which, <laughs> no, which was, do you agree that the Islanders will take six of eight this week? That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Six of eight. <laughs> six of eight is going to happen. Six of eight points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, four games, eight points on the line. Right, yeah, no, I got Two it. Two points in each game. Well, I don't know if got you got it, because you're going all over the place, and you didn't answer my question originally. I'm so just trying to keep you on your I toes. I want to make sure you understand the one of One of uh, Butch Goring's catchphrases, by the way, on their toes. Always talking toes. about people on, being on, on their, their toes. On their toes, toy department. Yeah. Yep. Um, chip, and, chip and chase. <laughs> uh, there's a couple more. There's a couple more. We love you, Butch. But I, I, I think that... I think it's a fair uh, fair take of what they'll take. I would say maybe they take five of five of eight points this week. You know, maybe okay. there's one game that they go into they lose in overtime, and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, so they come away with five points instead of six points. But I'm I'm right there with you guys. Okay, I mean that's relative success. It's still it's still more than half the points. Yes, but look, they just. They, they were on a roll. They finally they were finally looking like more of a complete team. They were getting some secondary scoring. We're starting to see more numbers out of Brock Nelson now. Josh Bailey's throwing the assists in there, like, like Chris King said there in the interview. Um, it's just a matter of getting that on a more consistent basis. It's just Bo's got to get going. He's back, you know, talking about how he's looking good, but and, he, and he's streaky, and damn, he sure is. Yes. But he's a guy who, who they got to get going to because, again, like you can't, you can't put everything on Anders Lee and Matt Barzell, and, and right now Jordan Eberle as well, who's still going, which is great. Um, you just can't put it all on their shoulders every night. So whether it's Pajot, who's also going now, you know, whether it's him, whether it's Nelson, whether it's Bailey, yeah. but those guys got to get in the mix. They got to get more involved. They need to get more points out of their defense too. Ryan Pollock doesn't have a goal yet. He's only got six assists. Noah Dobson is the points leader right now, which is great for him. Right. But going into the season, you didn't think that was going to be the case. No. It should be Ryan Bullock. It should be. And it's not. Your top your top two def- defensive pair, yeah, it should be one of those guys, especially right. with the hard shot that they both have, the time usually they, they get on the special teams unit. So it is a little bit surprising. Yeah. So, look, it's it's still not a perfect body of work yet. But they're, they're playing better. I, I agree with you. And I think at the end of the day, I was, I was posing the question because more or less I wanted to at least see you defend your point. But I agree with you in the sense that Saturday's loss, and I said at the top of the show, Saturday's loss wasn't that bad. And as far as performances go, 
you can't be mad at what happened. You can be upset the Islanders lost, and you clearly are, Sean. You've been devastated the whole show. And you can <laughs> be upset about so. it. Uh, but you can also look at that game and go, they played very well. They played much better than the Pittsburgh Penguins. And un- unfortunately, like you said, that's hockey sometimes. It's just the way yeah. the puck bounces. And to, to some of our <laughs> listeners' points who've been commenting in the chat room, they also haven't been capitalizing on some of their opportunities. And that's yeah. a huge a huge issue as yeah, well. Yeah, Brock had a breakaway the other night. Right. That didn't go the right way. Right. Yeah, I mean. So it, th- there are little things that change the course of games. Those little opportunities are changing the course of the games for the Islanders, despite being the better team, despite playing really well, despite getting a lot of shots on net in that Saturday game. Not hitting those little opportunities that they have is, is at the end of the day, the backbreaker for the Islanders. And I think that'll come along as the team gets more comfortable and they settle some of these issues with the lines and there's not as much juggling as we've seen the first, uh, you know, 15 games or so here this season. So I think it's coming along. I think there's a lot of positives and, um, like I said, I think five of five of eight points is realistic this this week. Six of yeah, eight points is realistic sure. this week, uh, as Sean said. So we'll certainly see what happens when they face the Buffalo Sabers on Monday, followed by Boston on Thursday, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins back on home ice at the Nassau Coliseum, which may or may not have fans. We're still waiting to see when those those plans are released by the Islanders or Nassau County or whoever makes those decisions for the building. Uh, but we'll certainly find that out as well. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of put the put the period on the, on on this uh, this point here is just uh, look. I think that the the New York Islanders are a good enough team now where you should be able to go into pretty much any week and expect them to get more points than not out of out of the games that they're playing. I mean, and and that should be the expectation. That's that's where they're at right now in this league and in this division. So you know, I mean, unless you're paying playing Boston all four times, <laughs> maybe maybe recalculate a little bit there, but. But yeah, they're a good enough team where they should be able to look down the pike, look down down the schedule, and say, "Yeah, we we should and need to be taking more points than not." And I think that's that's what we're going to see. There's no cause for there's no reason to panic over these last two losses against the Penguins. They're, they're you know you could say they're heartbreaking losses if you want, but it's not something to to get discouraged about because the overall picture is looking a lot better. Like you said, they're playing better hockey, and I think they're gonna they're gonna you know get back on track when we when we uh, maybe maybe having Buffalo coming in. You know, for this first game this week is going to be just the just the what the doctor ordered here to get back on track. Absolutely, it'll it'll be a an interesting game, obviously on Monday, and then going forward the tougher half of that schedule as well with some of those tougher teams in the division. And and uh, I'm sure the Islanders will be looking to get a little bit of uh, I don't want to use the word revenge because I don't want to hype it up like what was going on for the Saturday game, but I'm sure they'll want to get a couple points from the Pittsburgh Penguins after the way they those have two to. games went in, they, in Pittsburgh. That that's 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 those are games they got to really be circling on the calendar. I mean, they got to take some of those points back from Pittsburgh because yeah. they just gave them away. As far as I'm concerned, I know you've said it multiple times, and here, I'm going to keep saying it. And you said it on Twitter. I did, and it'll be okay. Driving, Sean. It'll th- be okay. that's th- that's not necessary. Well, again, you looked really sad about the loss, <laughs> so I want to make sure you're okay. I, I'm glad you're you're looking out for my well being. I really appreciate that. But are you ready for the hero of the week? I am. You're ready for the hero of the week. Yes. All right. So we're gonna do. The Hero of the Week. When you hear this song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagel Half Price Hero, which is a brand new sandwich, Christian. And if I do say so myself, Donnie was uh, talking to him behind the scenes leading up to the show here. Brand new sandwich. And uh, we went went back and forth, got to help name name the sandwich with him and whatnot. And uh, it's called the Selly. The Hero of the Week is brought to you by the Selly. Grilled roast beef, sautéed onions, <laughs> mushrooms, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. It looks damn delicious. Look at that picture. That does looks look fantastic. good. Although, that looks fantastic. What was it? The uh, what was it, the Orlando or the Rob Rush that we had last week that I'm still trying to salivate, salivating over to get down the blue line to try as well. But now yeah. I'll have to put this one on my list of sandwiches to try. I really, we really got to get on Donnie because this is, of course, so easy for him to do, to just start franchising out. And I... <laughs> I need, I need a South Shore Nassau County yeah. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. We do. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, I don't want to have to drive all the way up to Huntington to. I mean, look, we love Donnie. We love Blue Line. I love going over there. I'm willing to make the forty to forty five minute drive to get there. You know, you know, we love you, pal. And I've done it. But I've made the forty five yeah, minute absolutely. drive to get there. Hey, it's well worth it. It's well it worth is. it. But uh, yeah, maybe get working on that, Donnie. You know, maybe you know Limbrook, Oceanside, Rockville Center, something like that. You know, we can we can figure out a town. But uh, time to franchise out. Get us something on the South Shore in Nassau. I think, as Donnie said to our <laughs> Hockey Night in New York account, uh, do you know anyone who wants a, de- a, a, a deli sandwich or a deli uh, to run? 
You, you never know. There could be there could be some up and coming entrepreneurs out there looking to run a deli. I think the so onus, here's, here's I the, think the onus is much like Matthew Barzell said. The onus was on him <laughs> not to put himself in a position like that. I think the onus is on us to find Donnie a franchisee partner to open up this uh, Nassau hey, County South okay. Shore. Okay, that's our that's Blue our side mission. That's our that's our mission. Find Donnie a partner for a new uh, for a new location in Nassau. So, Christian, do you remember who went first last week? Uh, I think it was me. Uh, sure. I think it was me. So, oh, so yeah, I guess I'm going to give then. you the honors, Christian Arnold. Who is your hero of this two and two week? Well, I think. <laughs> I don't know why you laughed like that. You're funny. You're a funny guy. Uh, I am funny. Thank you. Funny looking. Oh. <laughs> All right. Come on. Go ahead. Uh, what do you got? My hero of the week is someone who uh, finally got their first win in the National Hockey League hey. in a shutout performance that was hey. stellar, and a guy who deserved to finally have a couple goals put on the board for him as well, and that's obviously Ilya Sorokin, who was phenomenal for the New York Islanders in his first career is. NHL victory against the Buffalo Sabres. He had a 20-save performance on the night, a couple highlight reel saves as well once that yeah when we're talking with kinger you mentioned what you know seeing some of those those highlight reel goal uh, saves that we saw in the khl well we finally started to see some of those uh in the nhl now as well i don't know why you're laughing i'm anymore. laughing because i i saw a comment in the in the chat uh joe mcgrath won <laughs> tom brady for the hero i mean that was gonna that was my second choice to be honest i i almost pulled That's an audible, funny. audible on you and told you you know you didn't know what an audible is right That's a, it's a football uh, term Oh, okay. That's I thought what that's Tom, what, I, what Tom Brady would call. Oh, okay. When he okay. changes the play on the that. fly. I used to play Madden, like, 94 or 95. I remember. Really? It's a long time really ago. You dating yourself there. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. I between am. That, that was and, when you were a wee lad. Between you and the and the coffee, cup of coffee reference, you, you, you were really Which, which actually yourself. needs to be cleared up, by the way. I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned oh, well, it. Well, we have a <laughs> Do your hero, and then we'll, we'll do that afterwards. Do your hero. All right. Well, it's unanimous, ladies and gentlemen. Unanimous. It's unanimous, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Ilya Sorokin. Uh, I mean, let's 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 be honest here. The guy got his first win. He looked very good. I don't have to repeat everything Christian just said. I guess it was so good. I know he he really yeah yeah it was it was that good. So, <laughs> so he gets the shutout win. He's starting to look like that guy that everybody was hoping for. It's still going to take some time. And and look, Varley has just been playing his ass off. So yeah. it's going to be tough for him to get some starts here with how well Varlamov is playing. But it's nice to see him get in the groove here, get a win. And look, at the very least, we'll probably see him again this weekend because of those back-to-back game against That's the Pens. Right. But Chris King would like to see him sooner. And I'm on board for that. Yeah, give him the Sabres. Again, a team you're supposed to, to supposed to beat, and when you try to get your backup goalie in there, that's usually when you see it. I mean, Islander fans know this very well. <laughs> when other teams used to come to town, <laughs> the Islanders would get the backup during the 90s and the early 2000s and whenever else. But, yeah, you know, you'd see a lot more. Uh, I was trying to come up with a name off the cuff here, but couldn't, couldn't come up with it. I was th- trying to think like Tom Barrasso's backup <laughs> back when he was playing for Pittsburgh. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Thanks. Oh well, but anyway, yeah. Let's 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 get Ilya in there for the Sabers. Yeah, I'm it. I'm not opposed to it. I I think the you're hero. seeing him become, hero. I think you're seeing him become more and more comfortable, and I think that's too what I was about to say. Kind of combining um, his last couple starts that he's had, you've certainly seen that progression in the right direction, and I think that's the one thing that. Uh, you have to be happy about if you're following this team and you want this guy to succeed is the fact that every start he's looked better and better and better and he's looked more like the player that you're expecting him to be when he came over here from the from the KHL and he, I mean I, I think I think a lot of people who who were were watching him and saying that I, I think they would. I, would hope anyway that they understood that this was going to be the process for him that you're not going to throw a kid that's been playing in the khl under entirely different circumstances different mm-hmm. rink side uh rink size different uh style of play sometimes the yep. pace of play is much different there mm-hmm. and then throw him into north america and he's going to be you know the next uh you know patrick Waugh or someone that uh you know a, hu- a future hall of famer on game in game one it's just not going to happen it wasn't realistic and i don't think it was fair to have those expectations on him i think a lot of people understood that obviously you have the the people sometimes that don't necessarily get that and uh you know think he's a bust right off the bat or whatever the case <laughs> right. may be but yeah. i think a lot of people a majority of violinder fans understood the situation that he was coming into and they were they're willing to give him the pa- the patience and the opportunity that he d- deserves to grow into that role and i think he's doing it like i said you're seeing him grow and grow and grow every game he's played and he's looked more comfortable he's looked more um natural his his motion laterally uh has looked a lot more uh, natural and he's making those stops that 
you want him to make. And he's yeah. giving the team an opportunity to win. You can clearly say that in the loss to Philadelphia, and you can obviously say that in his first win uh, in Buffalo. And that's the job that he needs to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the, that's what he's expected to do in the long term. So it's good to see that coming to fruition quicker and quicker as, as he's gotten more starts. And, yeah. and I, I hope he does play against Buffalo. I hope he gets more games than just, as Kinger said, I hope he gets more games <clears throat> than just uh, the second or first game of a back-to-back stretch. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Varlamov had a lot to say about that, just with the way that he's been playing. I, I, I imagine Barry might have wanted to get Sorokin into a couple more games. Yeah. But Varlamov's been forcing his hand. He really has. He's been playing fantastic. Even, even for the most part, even in the losses that he's been, been involved in. He's still playing great. And hopefully that continues throughout the season. I mean, you know, it may make these, these choices a little tougher for Barry as far as getting uh, Sorokin in there on, for some starts. But, you know, look... If one of your goaltenders is playing that well, it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't complain about a guy playing well at this point, and you need points, and this is the year you guys you need both of these guys to step up. And now, too, for the Islanders, you know that you have two goaltenders you can kind of throw in there are going to give you opportunities to win. Barry Trotz has to feel a little bit more comfortable now putting Sorokin in, in a spot where maybe he wouldn't have earlier earlier in the year, and obviously knowing Varlamov is your number one and he's he's giving you the same performance night in and night out is obviously a uh, is a – is a good thing for the for the Islanders. It, for it is Trotz. a good thing, but so, I do want to revisit this whole uh, <laughs> this whole cup of coffee thing that you're trying to spring on me all of a sudden again. But that, those were the heroes of the week. Or yes, hero of the week. that was the hero of the week. Ilya Sorokin, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagel Half Price Hero Brand New Sandwich, the Selly with grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. That will be half price starting tomorrow. Through next week, when we were in that, we will announce a new hero. Yes, so like T do. T Boyle thirteen, who's in the chat right now, says yeah. he's going to Blue Line this week. Is that right? Get the Selly. Mention, Mention hockey, hockey night, night New York, and you get half off the. There you go. The sandwich. All right, so let's bring it back to the main screen here, and yeah, a little more clarity on the on the cup of coffee. So, <laughs> okay. so I I believe I, I described it as, as as just an opportunity, but that's only half of it. It's when you get a get an opportunity. You know, you get a young guy right, Noah Dobson, he gets called yeah. up. He maybe gets in a game or two, yeah. and then he goes back. Right. So the cup of coffee is literally just that short little serving of playing, right? You're just coming up for a cup of coffee. Where he came in, he played two games, and then he sent them back. That's the cup of coffee. It's not just getting the chance to play. And, yeah. I, and I left that out. You well, know, when we talked about it. Regardless, I don't know why we're still talking about this, but we are. Regardless, I don't think that changes Molly's answer when she said she still had never heard the, the phrase used and. So, I don't know. I don't know. You and B-Comp are still old. It's fine. It's understandable. You have a lot of knowledge and wisdom that comes with age. There, and- there's a lot of people that have been saying, how does, how does he not know what that phrase is? A lot of people. Well, From different I'm age I'm not groups. the only person, so I just yeah. don't want to make that abundantly clear. Whatever. You, you, you youths these days. You two youths. You youths. <laughs> two youths. All right, man. So where do we want to go here before we wrap this thing up? Bovillier came back. You want to talk about how he's played? I know we chatted about him a little bit with Chris King. Seen anything out of him lately? No, I think I think as Kinger, as I asked Kinger and, and kind of pointed out there, that uh, obviously the Pittsburgh game was his best performance since coming back there in the, mm-hmm. in the three-game stretch that he's had, and that's a, a good sign. You're seeing him get him, getting more involved in the play. You're getting, he got a point, um, you know, finally – registering some points for the Islanders. That's a good sign where he left off earlier in the year when he got injured. That's not where he wanted him to be. He wasn't really a big factor, and that was, that's a big problem for the Islanders. As, as Kinger mentioned, that second line was one of the biggest parts of their success last season, and, and you kind of need to see those guys continue. Beauvillier, obviously, um, played a huge role in that. Josh Bailey is a guy that you want to see getting going again as well. He's been struggling this year, and we, we talked about it last year. Yeah. And I think this is the first time where – um, first time in a long time, I guess you could say, that there's mm-hmm. been some real honest and fair criticism on Josh Bailey's game, yeah. other than just the, the, the fan that doesn't like Josh Bailey saying that they don't, <laughs> right. saying, picking every point right. of his game because they don't like him. There, there's some real genuine, um, issues right now with the way Josh Bailey's been playing, and I think that's something that needs to be corrected, and, um, Obviously, you can't say enough about the play of Matthew Barzal, who's been phenomenal for the New York Islanders yeah. and the way he's played in every aspect of his game between, yeah. uh, the offensive end of the ice, now he's certainly you're noticing him a lot more, too, in his own end being a bit more responsible and, and kind of going in that direction where Barry Trotz wanted him to go mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. And that's a great sign. And obviously, you know, he seemed more than thrilled to be part of uh, Sidney Crosby's 1,000th game, a guy <laughs> right. that he grew up watching, which is amazing yeah. to think about when you, when you say that, that Crosby's been playing in the league for that long and that a guy like Matthew Barzal watched him when he was growing up 
and now is on the same ice surface as him yeah. uh, playing against him. So yeah. things starting to come full circle. So it, that was a nice moment as well for, for Barzal, who was able to be a part of that. Obviously, I'm sure he would have liked to spoil that moment a little bit more with, course, the, with the Islanders, but I'm sure that was a, a, a pretty nice touch for him for to be part of a situation that the guy for a guy that he's watched his uh, his entire career. Yeah, yeah, and you got Andrews Lee still rolling, Everly still rolling. They both got seven goals. Uh, you mentioned Bailey; he's starting to pot, you know at least pot some assists now, which is more his game. I think he has a goal and eight assists right now, so he's starting to find some numbers. You know, it's slowly coming along for these guys. So you know, they just you just need a more complete effort every night, so you're winning three out of every four games, and I think you're looking okay. You know, yeah, I feel you. I, I I agree, and I think this is this is gonna be a, a telling week too. The Islanders coming off a a, a loss that they they'd like to have a win they'd like to have obviously against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, in a week where like we were talking before, but Buffalo was even a tough game. We shouldn't count them out totally, but that is as you said a winnable game for them. Sure, yeah, a very tough stretch coming up. Yeah, and the, and the last little thing I'll note on is is the power play still connecting. They're still yes. putting up power play goals, yeah. so that's positive. Keep that going. Seems like ever since they came from the break, the power play's been, you know, it's brand new. They did do a lot of work on the power play over yeah. the break, so that that was clearly one area of focus that they had, and it's paid off. Yeah, and then it's really paid off. It has, it has. Now we just need to see more wins, and then everything's going to be fine. And I think we can wrap it up. Yeah, you good? I'm good. Well, you know what I'm, I'm hungry, do? but I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I could use a blue line sandwich. It was a very delicious looking sandwich. So, folks, want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night in New Hockey Night NY for the live feed here. Remember, you can always listen 24 hours a day, 365 days a year at hockeynightny.com, your favorite podcast providers. And you can still go to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY for all the archives of the live streams. Want to send a big thanks out to Chris King, the Islanders radio play-by-play voice, and of course to our fantastic sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head over for great food, great service, and excellent people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey team heroes. And of course, Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs, or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service and of course please follow us on social media at hockey night ny follow myself on twitter at shawnee hockey follow christian at c underscore arnold zero one we will be back next week we'll let you know what time once we sort that out yes by the way before we we go i think we still have some music left to play so i can keep talking real quick Shout out to Stu or uh, at Isles Holic on Twitter, who just sent us a tweet about a minute ago. He said, another great show. There we go. Thought you should know that in my house, we drink every time you mention cup of coffee. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic stuff, Stu. Thanks so much. My name's Sean Cuthbert for Christian Arnold. We've been Hockey Night in New York. We'll see you next week. Maybe we'll get a cup of coffee. Oh, man. You're, you're awful. See ya. Cup of coffee. <laughs> You're going to get Stu drunk. Cup of coffee. (laughs) The guy's laying on the floor now. Cup of coffee. You're terrible. Good night, folks.